Hey guys, Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Bonus episode time. Holy shit, it's been a great week so far with the Jim Jeffries episode, but today we got another fun-filled, laugh-tacular episode uh, with one of my uh, longest friends in comedy. Uh, you know her, you love her. Her book, Girl Logic, crushed on the uh, bestseller list. We hosted Separation Anxiety together on TBS. She won Last Comic Standing. She had Truth and Eliza on Freeform, her own talk show. Uh, you've seen her on on just about every uh, late night show, Fallon, Conan, uh, and uh, and she's crushing it, especially with the stand-up specials. Her newest Netflix special, uh, Elder Millennial, is out today. Came out today on Netflix, and uh, I watched it. It's fucking great. It's her best work. It's one of the best specials I've seen in a while, and uh, she kills it. She worked real hard and, and crushed it on all fronts. I think it's a great culmination of all her uh, her work over the years. So um, definitely check that out, and enjoy this episode with Eliza Schlesinger. Yeah, baby. I said her name right. <laughs> Schlesinger? Schlesinger. You know what? I think you can hit the G or not hit the G, but um, but I pronounced it right. Anyway, this episode is great. Um we talked about everything from uh, from the the prep for the special to her early days in high school as being a, her, her high school mascot to, um, uh, to performing overseas, performing for the troops. We laughed. We got uh, sentimental. It's it's a it's a great episode. Uh, Rehash the separation anxiety days. It's a, it's all in there and it's a blast. So enjoy this one and follow Eliza on all social media at Eliza. Check out her special Elder Millennial streaming on Netflix now. Follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at ALN Podcast. Me at Adam Ray Comedy. Brad at Funny Brad. Uh, BradWilliamsComedy.com. AdamRayComedy.com. Next weekend. I'm sorry, this week, actually, this Thursday, I will be in Montreal at the Just for Last Comedy Festival with Brad doing a live About Last Night podcast uh, Thursday, July 26th at noon in the Ovation Room at the Hyatt Hotel. Guests to be announced, but uh, get your tickets, justforlaughs.com in Montreal, live ALN, Thursday, 12 noon, Ovation Room. Next weekend, I will be in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas at Hyenas, August 2nd through the 4th. Get your tickets at adamraycomedy.com. And then uh, Vegas... I will be with you guys the 27th through the 31st at the Laugh Factory at the Trop... Excuse me. Almost threw up. At the Tropicana. Uh, and Brad Williams will be at the Omaha Funny Bone next week. Uh, get your tickets at bradwilliamscomedy.com. Aboutlastnightpodcast.com for all your ALN merch. Uh, Aboutlastnightpod at gmail.com. Hit us up. Email us with how you got into the show, why you love it, um, and, uh, and any suggestions or feedback you have for the pod or uh, five-star ratings on iTunes. Comment on the iTunes page. Um... I think that's it. Let's get right into the episode. Now that we've got the tour dates, Twitter handles, and merch info out of the way, sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with the one and only Eliza Schlesinger. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a juice, so why don't you sit down and listen to our dope podcast during lunch, dinner, or breakfast. It's about last night. I'm, I'm very curious because you travel I see, before your wedding, which, by the way, congratulations. You. you know, since you've done this podcast, it's been like five years, I looked. And, really? Oh, man. Let's just go through some of the Eliza highlights. The Eliza okay. lights. 
I don't know. Is there a way to combine those? Did you come up with that before the podcast? No. Okay, just, good, good, I good. Because <laughs> then it's awful. Yeah, yeah. If but it if bombs in uh, the moment, then you still get like, what, 20% like credit you get a to try again? Credit. Yeah. <laughs> it goes in your account for the future. Uh, no, you've, uh, you've written a book. You've hosted a game show. We've hosted a game show. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. People still ask me after shows, when's it coming back? I'm like, very rarely does a show take a gap of four years. <laughs> yeah. Unless it's like Family Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hosted your own talk show. Yeah. Um, and I think three specials. And I'm about to do the fourth in those five years. Yeah, to me, I'm like, oh, wow, I haven't done that much. Like, as you say that, I'm isn't like, that cr- oh, man. Isn't that fucking bonkers? I don't know. Even if it was just a book... And a special, I'd be like, that's awesome. My only thought in my head right now is like, what is time? <laughs> oh, boy. I can't tell if it's like reason. Like, I, every, I always look back at the last like three years. I'm like, it was a wash. What was I doing? <laughs> I don't have like huge things that demarcate large chunks of time. I don't know, but thank you. Yes. Thank you. Is the answer, the answer is thank you. But I know, I pull it down just a little bit more. There you go. Yeah. Who are you texting? Your husband? No. Okay. So what? no, not during work hours. <laughs> uh, I made an elder millennial play. Sorry, this is just yeah. I wanted to know. I made an elder millennial playlist. On I saw Spotify that for for the release of Elder Millennial, the Netflix special. Yes, and which you let me watch. It, it is fucking great. I said it's your best one yet. Thank you. And I know you feel that way. I worked really hard. I know you did. <laughs> and I was gonna say I've seen you work. I mean, I see you work out almost every night. Um, through your window and then I see at the comedy clubs uh, but you you, I mean to see all that work and then to see it's like I have a lot of questions and a lot of things to say but yeah. say what you're going to say first oh I was just going to say in order you know you do what you can to promote it yes and you're doing a lot and your fans do a lot the fans I would have nothing if I didn't have them like I That's fully crazy. acknowledge it like I don't have like I act in stuff I read for things but if I didn't have stand up I would be an actress who booked something once and was like on her cousin's show once. Like that's it. It's not like I have a huge resume, but what I the text that came through was I made this elder millennial playlist yes. as a way to get people excited with songs specifically from like 99 to like 2005. Like de- like songs and from everything from rap and hip hop to emo to punk, like whatever was in the ether at the time. And I have a lot of newfound glory on there. And love I that. just got a tweet that said newfound glory posted my playlist. No. And I love that band so oh, much. Do you really? And I was like joking in my in my message. I was like, plus, if anyone knows newfound glory, let me know. Because no one ever reaches out to me. Right. I never meet celebrities. It's like, well, she was a fan, so we connected them. And they just did that. And so. That's a big deal. It's just cool that like I put myself out there vulnerably and <laughs> they met it. And newfound glory oh responded. So I'm gonna That's go home. That's 10th grade Eliza freaking the fuck out. Freaking out! <laughs> I'm gonna go home and put on my cutoff dickies and <laughs> my like studded belt and run around my house. Well, you already posted on Instagram a fun little uh, montage of you dancing to most of the songs on the playlist. I did, and that was I came home from the airport yesterday. Great. And I was like, babe, before we go to dinner, I gotta because I've it's been my pet project like updating this playlist because I have. It's not- also a great way to. And you are brilliant with this in like branding, like even on the Thank special, you. the hashtags popping up. Yeah. And you say it like, come on, like Thank you. I don't see anybody doing that. And that is just another way to engage. You engage a lot already with Facebook Lives and Instagram Lives and and responding to people. And uh, but the playlist is another way for people to like just get excited. Get excited for the buildup because it's not yeah. enough. And you know that. And I don't think a lot of people do. I don't know. That. I don't even have a special out that you just have to. It's not enough. 
So just you can't just it. release it and go. Yeah. All right, now it's time for the world to suck my balls or I vagina. I think that all the time. Every time I get something good, I'm like, people are gonna line up to suck my dick, and there's never a dick sucking line. <laughs> but what is it? It will what be is in it? 2045. Necessity is the mother of invention, or something. You have to be. I'm sorry. I'm like closing my eyes. My neck hurts so bad. Are you all right? I'm fine. Do you want some like uh, I feel great. <laughs> antiseptic like uh, rub on stuff? Um. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to do it right now? Keep talking. Uh, Adam's actually rubbing my shoulders as I'm talking, which is that we're familiar it. with each other. Um, you know, when you don't, it's not that I don't. Uh, thank you. Oh, wow. You had it ready to go. Thank you. Right next to your porn collection, which is weird that you'd want it so numb for something <laughs> so intimate. Is uh, it weird? Maybe you're weird for thinking I'm weird. Is it weird that I use it too? <laughs> no. Um, I just, I do all these things because it's a great way to engage I fully acknowledge that my fans are like the heartbeat of this career, not to sound like a like a Toyota commercial. Or a Tony Braxton song. Yeah. <laughs> Making that <laughs> the up. heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. But, but they, they are. But they are. And uh, my publicist and one of my best friends, Greg, was like, he's really into music. He's like, you should do a playlist. I've never been cool with my music taste. Like, I've never been like, I know the new band. I oh, really? listened to the whole EP and I wrote about it. Like, some people just have like an appreciation. And I just like what I like. Yeah. And... It ranges from techno to like one-off rap songs. So like, I like Laffy Taffy. Like, that's an old song. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And putting together this playlist and the fact that people, the nostalgia factor was so huge, validated me so much as like a creator of something. Because music appreciation is not something anyone's ever lauded me for. Like, no one's ever been like, wow, you really know the dopest jams. <laughs> and so I just played in nostalgia. Is that just, Barb from Wisconsin? You really know that's the dopest some jams. <laughs> trying to use like 2000 terms so that's the playlist and uh so that's been another have you found that to be the most um profitable profitable as far as like engagement uh methods i guess I, there's no way to to calculate it fully you can see the thousand plus people as of the other day that was yeah. that were following the yeah, playlist yeah. um i know it's never gonna be like the entire world but really if you can get the people that are your fans excited i think as an artist too just to see something to like see a fire inside of people, to see how excited people get for you, to know that their your art in whatever form is touching them is such a gratifying thing. Well, and I want to piggyback on that because I think it is crazy that like, I feel like with the base that you have now, um, it smells okay, yeah? It smells like weed. Nope. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, why would you say that? Uh, no, it smells great. It, um, it'll, it'll help. Great, thank yeah. you. I'll stop talking. Um, and I also have like a massager thing too if you really want that after the pod. Like if you want to take off your shirt, head into the room. Oh my God. <laughs> it's there's funny. An, there's an Asian man in there. His <laughs> name's Juan. He's going to walk on my back. <laughs> He's just cupping. Um, the responsibility, I feel like, I want to ask you, do you feel like there is one now? Because like in watching, and I went back and watched like chunks of all your specials leading oh, up to this I'm one. sorry. Why? I don't know. I think it's hard to watch myself. Oh, Hilarious. You hard to watch yourself? Yeah, I don't like to at all. Yeah. Even listening to sets, I cringe at. And then I go, I almost stop because I'm like, well, that was that worked. And I felt good about that in the moment. And then I listen to it after and I'm like, fuck. Who, are, who is laughing at Why this? is this good? And I'm not doing it again now. So, so right. I, it's, but you, you have to because, I mean, I don't know. Unless you're really good at getting, just being so self-aware that in the moment you know exactly what and how you did what. And I don't like to completely repeat verbatim things, but I think... Um, I mean, when you're, you know, working on stuff, do you get it down to a T? Because it seems so seamless and flawless. Like in this, uh, yes. this new special, it, it, uh, everything seemed like tight, tight. Yeah. It was the sharpest thing I've ever seen you do. Um, like to you. the, to the, 
down to the voice, to the to the pause, to the like waiting for laughter, and I'm like, is every move calculated? Um, it's not so much calculated as the repetition settles in. And so I know that for Elder Millennial, I face left. It just becomes almost like a dance. Like this is, I just, a dance that you made up. Like I just get used to those movements. Calculated to me makes it like, I guess it, calculated always has like a negative connotation. Like she's so calculated. Right. But there is, the way I work, there's a repetition. And sometimes you change it up. And there is uh, space in there. There is room in there for improvisation as well as and you know this sometimes as you're talking you can almost feel this is such a borderline on the spectrum thing to say <laughs> but you can almost feel the math of the timing coursing through you wow yep so, i totally feel that and you wouldn't feel it if you had only been doing comedy for a little bit you can say it but you don't because i hit that like 10 year mark and i was like oh you know that like when you're up here and you're doing this and then you bring it down like as it's coming out yes. i'm like it's almost like this sounds so douchey like the words are guiding me the right way to do it and yep. i think the inherent talent comes from knowing to listen to that versus like, no, I'm just going to yell the whole thing. Right. Which I do also. Right. Mark Maron says something really funny to me once. We were at a benefit. We were watching the audience and we we're just like just taking a look at them. And I was like, they're great. He's like, yeah, we'll be fine. I'm like, yeah, you'll be fine. We'll be fine. It's going to be fine. He goes, yeah, just do what you always do. Uh, what did he say? He goes, just do what you always do. Go out there. Talk really fast. Don't pause for laughter. Uh, do your animal noises and get off. And I... <laughs> thought it was the funniest thing ever That's don't hilarious. pause for laughter is is me um, i feel like you do enough that special i will say this it i worked really hard on it we i was ready to shoot that special way sooner than they were ready to film it and that's just because netflix has its own tape schedule so i had a lot of extra time on the road to <clears throat> polish it that being said what you see when you see me live now is not exactly the special you're gonna see on netflix so that's good and bad yeah uh, it's not like music where it's going to be the same. Actually, sometimes they change it too. But, but do you feel like your fans are, uh, are, they are coming with a want for to hear the hits? I don't know. No? You get questions. They're like, is it the same or is it different? And I never know what answer they want. And I'm like, the truth is this. Anytime you watch stand-up for a comic who works, there are comics that do the same jokes over and over forever. And I hate to make the analogy of wine. And I feel like I'm getting this one sideways. But like <laughs> the stand-up is what it is. And when the second you sip it, the second you see it or it's filmed, that's what it was in that moment and then it continues to evolve so what you see on this special at the time that was the best it was going to be and then when i did it the next week it changed a little and now i've begun the like working on the new special yeah. just working on other things so you'll get that special but you'll also get a chunk of other stuff do you feel a responsibility with all these fans like i've never seen anyone have people making their own personalized shirts is one thing but then mm -hmm. like out of bits that like you haven't even made merch or things for it, yeah. and they're making like little toys and I feel like voodoo dolls of you is the next stage I have some <laughs> wow don't put any pins in me <laughs> yeah but you know what I'm saying like and so then I see that movement and and how also how fired up like there was a nice transition from special to special mm -hmm. on and on confirmed kills was the last one and seeing the you even take a beat it was the first one out of them that you took a beat and was like wow thanks like you could see a genuine like holy yeah. shit this ovation is like these people, you know, and, and each of the specials, you could tell, even the one you did in Denver, I, I can't remember which one that was. That was freezing hot. Yeah, and you could tell all those people were there for you, but there was like, but the numbers grew and the the yeah. fandom was bigger. And so I want to know, do you feel a responsibility now? Because even in this special and all your material, you have like messages mm -hmm. and themes and you're very, you know, as as the comedy is always there. You're always cognizant of being funny, yeah. but and always using uh, crazy words that I'm always having to look up like satorial. 
Sartorial. Sartorial. See, don't even know what the fuck that is or <laughs> how to say it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> don't know I should it's know a word that. my dad used to, my father's like very into Is he a words. wordsmith? He's a wordsmith. That's and awesome. Because I want to ask like, do you read the dictionary or no. what do you... No, the words I come upon, I definitely don't go out of my way. I don't like find a, th- a thesaurus and I'm like, right. what's another word? Uh, but you hear words, so you would hear words... Latch on to words and yeah. they're funny. There are words that sound funny. And there are <laughs> words that I put that is the way I would describe something like, oh, it's a poor sartorial decision. Like, it just comes out. It's right. just the way that I think. I'm not by any means, um, I was about to say, the most autodidactic person. Jesus. I'm not the most well-read. I'm not, there are people that I'm friends with where I'm like, like the other day I was talking to my buddy, Elliot, and we were talking about some school and I was like, I could have gotten to Yale. He's like, no way. There's no way you're smart <laughs> enough. And it's true. Like, I couldn't have. Oh, really? Um, but I'm smart enough and I think that comedy is about it's about many things, but sometimes peppering in things which naturally come out, but certain words or certain references. And what you do is you're letting those fringe groups that enjoy your comedy know like, hey, I got you. Yeah. If I make like a bracket <clears throat> reference, the dudes in the audience perk up. They're like, oh, I feel like a bracket too. You know, you use a specific <laughs> word or an evolutionary term or something. The people that know about that, they're like, oh, I think she knows what I know. Right. It's kind of like the Simpsons. Like it's layered in. Like at a base level, you laugh at the jokes and then the smarter you are and the more references you get the older you get the more you appreciate it yeah um and rarely when you use a word in a sentence am i it's always lines up in context and is easy for the viewer to go oh cool i know what that means based on what you're talking about which is nice yeah so you're not making them go out of the way to be like i missed that joke because i don't i'm a dumb-dumb i have no idea you know there's no way i can piece it together (laughs) um but do you feel a responsibility to when these people are coming out now because you had a lot of nice moments where you were like you know uh speaking up for women and 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 talking about the way men behave and and boy did that backfire (laughs) did it no no not at all people were very receptive it's good i can even hear dudes wooing you know yeah and dudes wooing should be the name of the next special. Wooing dudes. Wooing and dudes. dudes. Wooing. <laughs> wooing dudes. Uh, but but do you feel now with the fan base and with what you're talking about and also just the state of, you know, and I think in talking about like being smart, it's like yeah, there's book smart, but also there's smart. I feel like like you are where there's um, informed enough and opinionated enough to where you're sharp on your point of view, and that is very smart because yeah. a lot of people. I think are constantly struggling to get to that point to where you're like, oh, I know who I am mm-hmm. 110% in and out so I can speak from that place all the time. And I yeah. feel like you're there. Thanks. Yeah. And so do you feel like though when these people are coming to these shows that you're like, I can't just be funny. I now like, because that's also no. with the book that you have yeah. to like, I mean, I see it in the fans like on Instagram and even at shows, like they look at you like, I mean, it's crazy with, with wide eyes of like, tell me. Tell me, tell me, yeah, and tell me how I should not like Doctor filling it, but like give me the. um, You're a motivator in a sense. Thank you. you. Do I? You're basically asking like, do I feel a sense of obligation to not just be funny, but be making a statement? Statement. I think there's all different kinds of comics. You know, there's prop comics, there's one-liner comics, there's storytellers, there are people who just want to do dick jokes, there are people who just want to do vagina jokes. There are all kinds of comics and. I think, you know, George Carlin said, like, we're modern day philosophers. I think at this, you have a responsibility to say something funny because you're a comic, but the best comics can back it up with intelligence. And my sort of pro-women, which by the way, you can be pro-woman without being anti-man, and that is actually a true feminist. And I think some people, I think a lot of people don't understand that. Um, What do you mean by that? I mean, just because I'm like, 
I want women to do well doesn't mean I don't want men to do well. Right. It means I want everyone to be That is easily cool. assumed. For sure. And especially I think a lot of guys hear that. They're like, oh, she just wants to kick me in the dick and take yeah. my job. I'm by like, the way, I'm not offended at all by your guy voice. And when I had Sandra Bullock on, she despises my girl voice. Oh, because it sounds like a drag queen. <laughs> all guys do women like this. Like we just. No, like I don't do the deep. She told me to do that. Let's she used it. to do deep. It's like more like this, but it's like a very. Like, I don't know, like, so like, every I'm, guy makes us sound like I'm that. I'm so fired up for elder millennial just because like, I've said that to my friends jokingly, like I'm like kind of on the border of being a millennial, but like, but, like I don't use Snapchat. Like I'm looking for the new thing. Right. So I'm not really a millennial. It's musically. That's the new thing. I asked for sure. I asked the kid on the plane yesterday. He was like 13. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You talk on planes a lot. No, I just couldn't believe I was sitting next to a child in first <laughs> class. Oh, what? And he was 13. And I was like, what are the kids into? Is it Baron Trump? Yeah. He flies commercial, which is weird. <laughs> Unprotected. He's the only one. Yeah. He's, like, He's the only one with a gun. Yeah. Wait, what What was he doing up there? Uh, I couldn't get it is out of Disney him. Disney kid? It's weird that you say that. No, but he loves Disneyland because he was wearing a, uh, like a gold Mickey Mouse thing. Um, and his girlfriend, he told me, had a matching one. So it had golden Mickey Mouse ears and the center was clear with crystals in it. So I, being sweet, I was like, wow, are those diamonds? And he goes, no, they're Swarovski crystals. I was like, that's actually oh, a worse answer. Jesus. <laughs> but he was sweet. And now you're a shitty kid in first class. No, no he, he was sweet. He was fine. It was, I was like, oh, a chance to interact with a child. And it, what was funny to me was. Did he hit on you? Because first class swagger as a 13 year old. I don't think he knew where he was. Okay. I, I he think, got placed there by his parents. Not he chose like. Look, no. look, folks, if you're sending me to the D-Land, and yeah, I'm calling it the D-Land. I'm not, I'm, yeah. I'm sitting first, and you better have a goofy snack track. Snack <laughs> fucking, fuck, cut, take two. You better have a goofy treat box for me waiting when I get off the plane. To be clear, <laughs> he enjoys Disneyland. He was not coming from Disneyland. We were coming from Canada. Okay. Uh, but what was funny, I'm not, I don't drink when I fly. I don't drink when I work. And I was with Hunter Hill, and he's my feature, and yes, we were going through Hunter. the... Um, we were going through the airport and we had like 45 minutes and I I was just and I, just, I saw one of those like Vino Volo like wine yeah. bars and <laughs> yeah. I was like do you wanna? Because we had had to take wanta a connecting fanta? flight yeah. yeah and I never do that so we had like we shared not sure we each had a, a flight of rosé a tasting flight nice so I'm not trying to get loaded I no. knew I had nothing else to do so we had that and then I found myself talking way too much about wedding planning I was like I'm gonna just stop to the 13 year old? no to Hunter yeah. and I was like here's what you need to do so we got on the plane <laughs> and this is just to the moms out there the kid started talking to me and he was fine, but because I had the slightest wine buzz, you know, we always make fun of the moms that drink white wine and they have wine with their kids. Like it's an archetype, like an Orange County archetype. Like, yeah. I found it infinitely easier to communicate with this child yes. with a buzz, especially when he started telling me about the different kinds of racetracks that there are. Apparently Ooh. NASCAR is just an oval and then there's like another one that's like a weird shape. Anyway, and he pulls out his phone and he, so he goes, you want to see how fast I can play? Like some game that I kept referring to as Pac-Man, but was not Pac-Man because oh, they don't do that anymore. All right, so there was a console. Well, he didn't pull his dick out. He, he, no, he didn't pull his dick out. And he had a small one. He goes, want to see how fast I can play? And I was like, sure. And then I kind of like looked away and he goes, did you see that? And I actually went, yeah, it was amazing. And I remember <laughs> asking my mother to watch me play Nintendo yes. and not understanding why she wasn't enthralled in me squishing <laughs> these mushrooms. And that's part of parenting is being like, I saw it, amazing. He's pretending. And pretending. And we did, and then and then he held Blanche for most of the flight, which was very sweet. I did see that. And then, without realizing it, I got up to go pee, and since he didn't know to move his body when I passed him, because he's a kid, I ended up knocking his entire glass of Sprite onto his <laughs> jeans, all over the seat. Did you not ruin the, 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 the game, game console? The game console was okay. gone. 
I felt so I came back from the bathroom I hadn't realized that I had done it and I wasn't drunk I'd slept for like two hours yeah. it's not like that and I came back and he was just sitting there and I and I said and I had to parent him and I go do you have your suitcase he was like yeah I go why don't you go in the bathroom and take a new pair of pants out and change <laughs> and it like didn't occur to him because you're at that age that. where you <clears throat> where you don't know to have the license to ask for things yeah then you're kind of like or to nervous. make your own decisions really especially like, on an airplane that's an that's a, 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 a an adult yeah apparatus and there's there's the flight attendant who's annoyed because he's got his headphones in so i told him to do that and the guy behind me the sprite hit his moccasins yikes and he was like oh i've got my shoes they're all I wet i feel bad now. for the sprite i feel bad for yeah <laughs> For a white guy wearing moccasins. Oh, uh, no, I was, and I said, I, I apologize. And he was Canadian, so he didn't have the anger level in him <laughs> to get that mad at me. And then, anyway, so, but I forgot the point is, I, yeah. You, 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 you had this moment where you recognized the, the parent-kid relationship, the, the wine. wine. to parent-to-kid relationship. And I was like, wow. Because then a couple hours later, he was like saying something else. And I was like, okay. He was fine. Like, he, he meant well. I just felt bad I knocked a Sprite onto him. He did knock his Sprite onto me later, not in retaliation, but as an accident. <laughs> I don't think he saw the irony in it, um, but Blanche has Sprite on her fur now. <laughs> she doesn't care. She's a very clean dog. She's a clean woman. You, how, what's the longest you've gone without Blanche, and what's the longest... Actually, I want to know this first. Yeah. When was the moment, because she's now become an integral part of your, not only, um, <clears throat> you know, offline presence, but your online... They can still hear you cough. I know you turn away, but like people can still hear it. Hilarious. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll edit that out. Um, <laughs> like I'll edit out all of you talking, Eliza. Thanks for sending me. Um, at what point in your relationship with Blanche did you go like, "Oh, I'm in love with this creature"? It was about a day in. No kidding. I got her, and I was like, "I don't know if this dog is cute." And I asked everybody else, and then I remember I woke up. It was in my old condo, and I hadn't. I had just moved in, so my bed was on the floor, and I woke up to her on top of me butting her nose into my armpit to wake me up because she knew she had to go out. Like she was a smart dog and I think, I don't know where she had come from. And I remember looking at her and I was like, you're drunk. <laughs> and she kept nosing me. I go, you're drunk on pear brandy. And in my mind, I decided she was my landlord that would break in and demand <laughs> the rent. And I'd be like, I don't have the rent. And in that, just that moment of this face, in my face being like, please take me out. I'm like, you're drunk on pear brandy. And you don't, I can't give you the rent. I don't have the rent. Get off me. <laughs> And it just became a thing, and now, and she's just so easy. Have you always been so affectionate towards dogs? Yeah, I mean, I've had pets, but like she, when but it's like yours, this is a re like you know, she's special. You wouldn't you know post about your relationship online so much, and and people wouldn't fall in love and have her in specials and be so trained to like yeah walk across the last three right yeah she and this one this one is you guys well, can't hear about it yet because it's oh yes <clears throat> when does this go out tomorrow tomorrow we had that sailor hat made shut up especially it was not inexpensive and the person who does it like specifically makes dog hats i want her to have like something special each time for freezing hot she had like a little vest and then she had that beautiful gown made for confirmed kills um she, here's my thing my desire to share her comes for, i don't it's not about making money right it's really about sharing an animal that i think is beautiful and sweet with the world it's the purest of intentions i just want people to, and it organically became that yeah. she's part of my life. And people love, guys in particular, like, oh, you're obsessed with your dog. I'm like, P.S., like, before my husband, like, I have a husband and I date super hot dudes. I, it's not like, oh, I can't get a man so I love my dog. <laughs> Women love animals. Men love animals. I'm sorry I'm not touching you. Yeah. I love, like, that's what it comes down to. They I get know. so upset. That's what, they're deflecting, right? Yeah. She's, oh, that dog's got a, a sweeter chest than me. You're like, what are you, dude, what are you talking about? What did I say? 
deflecting <laughs> to Frank. Thank you. Say it. I, I will take it out. No, 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 no. It is. Uh, I said deflecting. Transferring. Regardless, I. <laughs> she. I was. That's such like a shitty thing to do. Uh, she's just a sweet dog, and she's easy to take places. I find a lot. Like I've noticed since I started doing it. A lot of comics take their dogs, but those are sweet dogs. I've never, of all the comics that bring their dogs, I've never met a dog that's like, wow, that animal's out of control. Like, she's sweet, she does nothing, she asks for nothing, she's silent. What's the big deal? Right. How is this upsetting anyone? Um, but you, I, one thing I wanted to compliment you on in the special. Thank you. Again. <laughs> is, uh, and you've always been good at voices. And the first. Thank you, Adam. Okay, compliment taken back. <laughs> But in your first like comedy time videos, remember those? Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah, I like Whoa. at the Ice House, and I saw those. And this is when. And then I was telling you, I used to intern at Gene McCarthy Casting, and mm -hmm. you came into audition for something, and I was like the casting associate. But then they were letting me run the camera for stuff. Right. So I was running the camera, just me and you, and I think there was one other person reading. But I was running the session. Uh huh. You don't remember that, but I do. I feel like I'm remembering it th that you you told me the story before. Yes. But, okay, but I don't. Yes. Okay. Um. I don't remember how I got. But you, you were doing. <laughs> yeah. But you were doing. Uh, great voices then for whatever you're reading for Aww. and then i would see in your stand-up and then in this special uh elder millennial you um i was like you did it was a voice i can't remember for what but you're doing a handful of them right not just guys girls but then you're, you're you know the party goblin voice i can and then, guarantee you they all sound like this no but then there was one <laughs> there was one that kind of sounded like oh, that. oh that's like my stupid person voice will you do that one i don't know what i'm doing there it is how do these things fit in hey guess what as soon as you start doing that i'm like that is like a high school teacher in a cartoon oh. or like a hilarious like female rhino or you know what i'm saying in madagascar 12 uh, thank you Please, if you're a casting director, yes. please stop making me record in my closet and just give me a part. <laughs> it's funny you say Gina McCarthy because I was there last week reading for a role. Yes. And this is actually kind of funny. It's a serious role and it, it, it requires that I cry. Damn. It requires that I start with a red face from being upset and then someone makes a joke and I break down crying. So to prepare for that, I, you know, I can make myself cry. And to prepare for that, you know, I rode to the audition very quietly. I got there. I always get there early. My audition was 11. The session started at 11. I get there early so that I'm the first one I can go, right? I get there 1045. I sit with noise-canceling headphones, and I'm just crying. I'm just sitting in the waiting room crying, thinking about the idea of my mom dying or something. Damn. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sitting there crying, and people start coming in, and I don't. I just look straight ahead because I, I don't want to be on my phone. I don't want to be out of it. No. So I'm no one came in like being like, do you know where the bathroom key is? Exactly. And people are walking around and I'm just sitting there, just tears running down, just trying to stay like in a sad zone. 11 o'clock, the session was supposed to start. It didn't start till 1125. Oh, no. So I'm just sitting there like, I can't, I don't want to get out of it because if I'm out of it and it's, it's, it's hard. It's actually, it's uh, mentally exhausting to keep yourself. Like if you cry during a bad day, like you're tired later. Yeah. And I go into the session and I like, I start two scenes are sad and then one scene was two lines and they were funny i do the two sad scenes and i'm crying i'm crying so hard that i think she was like can you reel it in because like it's flowing now you still got it going then that's so, impressive yeah it's going it's going i'm crying and then i finished the two sad scenes and there's a knock at the door and it was like somebody very important on the phone she's like can you give me a minute and she had to take a call during the audition and i was like thank god oh. all i had left was the funny stuff which is super easy yeah so she left the room and the two casting associates were there and I noticed she had written something down on the paper and I go, 
what'd she write down? <laughs> and they looked at me. I'm like, it's the least you can do because she left during the audition. What'd she write down? And they looked over and they were like, she just wrote down your, um, like your number, like the time mark or something, which right. is a good sign. Yeah. But I was like hoping it would be like amazing actress. Yeah. Should have booked her all along. <laughs> no, no, no intel. The next Gwyneth Paltrow. But I was the whole day. I was exhausted. Jesus. Because I had to cry for like an hour straight to get ready for this audition. That's amazing that you can access that. Like that's a. Is it as a fuck comic? Yeah. I feel like it's yes. right under the surface. At all times. <laughs> I despair. mean, you know, how do we know that Tom Hanks can cry on cue? You know, because he thinks about. I think about really sad stuff. He thinks I, about Toy Story Five not going. <laughs> the the back end. <laughs> That's been. do you uh, do you cry at movies? Do I, you cry at like emotional TV shows. Say yeah. yes to the dress. Oh, a commercial, and yeah. this is feeding in like women are emotional, but like sometimes you see a good like like if I see a soldier coming home to his kids. Oh, goodbye. See ya. A small dog. Those YouTube videos Those. of the dogs seeing their. Uh, the soldiers for the first time or the soldiers yes. surprising the kids. You see the one recently of uh, the woman dressed up in the mascot and came to the kids uh, lunch. You're already crying thinking about <laughs> you it. You get like tearing oh up. Oh my God. <laughs> Anything involving our troops. You are so diehard about that. I really am. Oddly for a Jew who has no military family <laughs> and like has like, I just, it hits me. I say a Jew be just me because like you don't see a ton of Jews in the military. Yeah. Why is that? Weinstein, get over here. I mean, help us with the fuck. See, I will not be called ever because I can't even perfect. set up a fake military scenario. Get over here. Uh, you won't be called ever because you're too old. Uh, that's that's a big for part birthright of it. or for the military. Fun fun birthright story. For both. I was Please. denied birthright. Let's tell the audience what birthright is. Birthright is a free trip for Jews to yeah. go to the homeland or half Jews because my friend Andriana is not even practicing and her dad happens to be Jewish and she got to go and I didn't because I honestly admitted to them that I went when I was 16 and they were like, well, you can't go again. And I'm like, cool move. This is why no one likes us. <laughs> uh, did, uh, so you didn't get to go. No. I had to cancel twice and I feel Fuck bad. Fuck you. <laughs> Should we go back as counselors? No, I don't want to be in charge of a bunch of like 25 year olds with money. Yeah, just like Ugh. all trying to finger each other on the Israeli bus. Stop. Okay. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I'm diehard about our military. Let me tell you this true video, though. The woman comes in. She's dressed in like the school mascot. Yeah. And the kid's at lunch. And he's being like a nice kid. Like literally like the mascot sits down and like another kid forgot his lunch. And they the kid like shares his sandwich. And then the mascot sits down. And instead of like, you know, I don't know, poking it or like spitting mm -hmm. on it or doing some shithead kid move or he offers it, it the sandwich and then takes the off mom. the hat. It's the mom. And the kid like. I mean, the kid freaks it. out because it's not a real tiger <laughs> <laughs> or, or can't put it together and thinks his mom was the mascot the whole time. Why yeah. would you pretend to be overseas? Is it a real footage or is it a, a commercial? Oh, it's real footage because the, uh, the very real version of that is she walks in on her kid hate criming another kid and being a piece <laughs> of shit. She's like, well, I was surprising you from Afghanistan, but uh, you're a big part of our problem here. So yeah, hats going back on. Yeah. Well, um, when did you become, I need to hear about um, the, well, first of all, we didn't talk about this yet. Okay. You being a mascot. I said I wanted to put a pin in it. It's not as great as it's I. I wanted to be our high school mascot. It was a Hornet. And as a freshman, I I think I couldn't. I don't know. But I, I just I wanted to be that. I was always the girl that I always wanted, like the not girly thing. Like, of course, I like girly things. Yeah. But the cheerleader part, I was like, no, I want to be the mascot. Like that 
road in life appealed to me. And it was fun. You get to be funny. You get. To, I had a stinger. I got to move around. I had big <laughs> mesh eyes. Um, and uh, you really get to understand what heat means wearing a mascot outfit at a Texas football game. Really yeah. clean those pores. Is Texas football really as um, a big part of that state as it seems like on TV and Varsity Blues? I can only answer from a very... I went to a very small private school. But right. even in our Southwest Preparatory Conference, it was a big deal to those guys. Wow. And it is your... You're, you're in high school like that's where you're gonna go to socialize yeah. even, even in a big town like Dallas like that's where you go. Know, that's where your classmates are that's where cute boys from the other school are not that I ever like venture to that side of the field um, so though you rally around those things there are small towns where right. like everything is that football but I can say from my very limited perspective it meant a lot to those guys right like it was a big deal did you have friends who were cheerleaders and on the football team were you pretty social cheerleaders and on the football team yeah were you just there like, was one person in transition <laughs> She was a versatile athlete. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I only had 100 kids in my grade. Wow. And again, small private school. Were you the funny one? Yeah, I was class clown. And then I had to share it with Andy Arizoza, so we were co-class clowns. Ew. No, it's Andy Arizoza. Where is he now? Trying to change his name? I don't know where he is. No, he was <laughs> He was cool. No, I played cool lacrosse name. with his sister. Nice. Uh, but like, what do you do if you're Arizoza? You know what I'm saying? Like, how many things can the world offer you? I, I think it's a cool. It's better than Schlesinger. The world can offer you someone pronouncing your last name correctly the f <laughs> upon hearing it uh, sight unseen. Um, I was friends with, yeah, it's weird. You know what's weird? All the different archetypes that we have and all the ideas from movies that we have about high school, yes. cool kids, jocks, nerds. I get it. And I'm more of a victim of that because people look at me, they're like, you must have been a cheerleader. And it's like, because I happen to be blonde sure. and um, a beat, not peppy. hideous. Yeah. But, but the truth is because of, what, I had such a lovely education. I went to a school called Green Hill in Dallas, and it's a great, it's a private school, and I'm not ashamed that I went to it. Why did you go experience. there? Did you have some, the parents go, oh, you need to get in line, you're going there? The sad story is I attended as a child, and my parents got a divorce. Like, financially, it was not a priority for me to have that gotcha. education. So I left, went to a public school for a couple of years, and then I think the impetus for the decision to send me was I played basketball just like every kid like yeah. my whole life like whatever yeah, yeah. like what I lacked in skill I made up with for with aggression <laughs> um, and in the eighth grade I attended Plano School District which is a massive suburb you guys might remember it from the eighties there was like a heroin issue um, <laughs> but I was at we went to like a basketball parent meeting where the coach for the high school for the kids coming in yeah and the coach said my mom tells me that she goes the coach said if I haven't been watching your daughter play for the last three years in middle school she's not making my team. And my mom turned to my stepdad. She's like, we're sending her to private school. Because it was just, Whoa. some kids thrive. It, it, it all depends on your kid, you know. But it, my parents had the resources. I was able to take the test to get in. Yeah. Um, and you, I had gone. And so I knew some of the kids there from being like a little kid. Um, how did you balance being a studious kid and being social? Or did you, like, were you like homework first and then time to have fun? So that kind of school is a college preparatory private school it's different than like a parochial school like where it's just like it happens to be catholic and we we played those schools too but yeah. like it was like fucking go time all my friends went to ivies or ivy lookalikes whoa uh or look a look like like tangentially related lookalikes but still five hours of homework a night four hours of homework a night Fuck. you didn't have ch a chance to fuck around because you'd come home from practice. You'd sit down, you'd eat like eight bowls of cereal because you could metabolize it then. Yeah, I love that. And then you would do just so much homework. And I wasn't a great student, not for lack of trying. I just, 
I didn't learn study skills. Like these kids had had it drilled into them. So I was not only trying to learn all the new material, I was trying to teach myself how to learn it. And so try to keep up. So my grades got better as I went along. Right. But that's, I didn't get into any colleges I wanted because I just, compared to my peers, like I just didn't have the right kind of grades. Emerson's a great college. I didn't get in my first time. Oh. I didn't get in my freshman year. Went to KU, which I loved and it was so fun. Do people know that about you? It's in a bio. Yeah. People know, Rock Chalk Jayhawk for sure. How was that going to? Did, at some point, you do one year. Are you like, all right, maybe I should just. I went stay to KU here? with the uh, with the. I was going to apply to. Yeah, gotcha. I knew I was going to apply, okay. and I got in. Um, because I think colleges like they let in kids, and then sh- freshman year shakes out, and people are like, oh, I didn't really want to go here. Whoops, we made a mistake. And I belonged at that school. Yeah. And I later, I, this is in my book, but I later went on to give a speech. They gave me an award. At Emerson? Like a young, because I won last comic standing, they gave me this like young alumni, alumni achievement award. So I got an award for winning an award based cool. on a lifetime of rejection. <laughs> and I basically was like, you guys didn't even let me in the first time. I bet you didn't know that. And my Were they whole, just like, <laughs> keep talking, this yeah. is great. I was like, we're all here because we didn't get into NYU. <laughs> Oh, wow. It's funny. Yeah, and it uh, I just, my the whole lesson was, I was like, just because someone doesn't see it in you the first time doesn't mean it's not there. But that's... Uh, that's actually a great message, though. It's true. Like, just because someone, some board one day says no, because one kid had like a slightly better GPA, like gives a fuck. That also translates for all life, doesn't oh, it? yeah. I mean, think about the amount of things that that until you get to a point in life where you go, no, fuck that. I'm not going to let that be the reason this doesn't happen, where you yeah. have to have that uh, learned skill and uh, set of, of adjusting your mind to being like, oh, I guess that one person who I don't know anything about but who thinks that they decide the way my life's going to go. They don't get to dictate it. No. It's stick to But to answer your original question, so like all, a lot of my friends played football, but like the smartest kid in our school who didn't play football, like nobody called him a nerd because everybody was going for the same goal. So I cool. have a kind of a different upbringing and a yeah. different reference to those things. That being said, there were like total dorks in our school who probably like run the government now. Yeah. But they were weird. <laughs> <laughs> Your work ethic definitely comes from folks and school or you watching like. I don't I don't know. I think. Uh, your rapper brother. By the way, I have a rapper brother-in-law and I love that we have that in common. <laughs> it's what binds us. Um, I don't know. They I should just, do a tour, by the way, and they should open for us. Yeah. A combo tour. Rap. Will rap and comedy ever come together? Do they need to? Is okay. a better question. Great, great follow-up question. Um, I think the work ethic thing. It is. It kind of touches on what you said. It's like, well, I'm not going to let somebody decide. It, it's tough. Hollywood happens to be the exception. Like a casting director says no. Like yes, you can go make your own shitty movie, but yeah. like, it is tough when your fate is in the hands of people who don't know you. But all you can do is keep coming back, keep coming back. I always say it's all about the at bats. Like your audition, you're you there. Said in the special, I like that. Well, about dudes and taking swings. True, true. But on a, a less sexual level, I really think it's a it's, great bit, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Out of millennial, out of Netflix. The joke now. is, what's the, what's the motto, guys? You got to kiss a lot of frogs if you want to what? <laughs> Fuck a frog. <laughs> but okay. also the idea, and I'm not going to butcher your bit, but you're doing the guy voice, and you were like, you have to take all these at bats, and like guys just like aren't as sexually rejected ever, and they're not. Um, no, they're sexually rejected all the time. Right, but they're not. They don't. It doesn't phase them as much. Yes. Yeah, and then you do a, a the act out. Well, you do it about like it's just a quit where you go. Uh, you go, hey, can oh, I get your number, sweetheart? And you're like, oh, you're ugly anyway. How yeah. about you? <laughs> and we've yeah, seen yeah. it. Every girl's hat yeah. been at the bar where you see like a guy hits on you, and you're like you're either flattered or you're not, but then you see he goes on to hit on someone else yeah. like 10 minutes later. You're like, oh, it wasn't my body spray. Isn't that, that's, yeah. 
Um, okay, so the work ethic comes from uh, just... Maybe just refusing to be told no and also yeah. kind of knowing you get chances because somebody does like you and they actually can't cast you. Like, right. I was never going to be the lead in 12 Years a Slave. Like, no matter how no, many times I <laughs> Right. Yeah. But, like, all these casting directors we talk about, like, they bring you in because they're like, I like them. Let's see what they can do. Like, you won't get auditions if you actually suck. They will not keep bringing you in. Right. You will not keep getting invited back to comedy clubs if you're a pain in the ass to work with or if you're not incremental incrementally selling more and more tickets yeah so just because it doesn't go boom the first time doesn't mean people aren't watching um i do want to talk about because it was a great time in my life and i want to know if it was a great time in your life and it was a lot of fun but separation anxiety okay how did that everybody wants to know they do i'm sure people ask me about it all the time yeah um how did that come to be and then i want to know what you loved about the experience because i you've you've gotten to do it's pretty cool when you get to point of business and you step back and I hope you have to go like, oh, I've gotten to do, I don't know if it's everything you've wanted to do, but right. like have your foot dipped in all the pools of like acting, hosting, talk show, book, and stand up. You know? Dip is uh, generous. <laughs> Hilarious. Skimming of the top layer <laughs> of muck. Uh, but with the game show, like that, what about it became appealing and then what in the, all right. No, no. What did you love about the process? Um, and what did you uh, not enjoy? I think uh, people like to watch me because they love the uh, the witticisms and the asides and how quick it is. Which was great for that, uh, for hosting. Right, you know what I'm but saying? I think you were, I think you made that show funny, funnier and I think you made it fun. Like I genuinely, comics are competitive, you know, and of course you want more laughs or whatever. Hell yeah. But I really enjoyed like, like, you know, I've got this earpiece in, you're listening to producers, you're doing a bunch of things, but you were genuinely funny. And it was uh, m really one of my first forays into actually working with another comedic person. Yeah. With another comedian. I don't, I'd never really booked a role on anything. I haven't spent time on TV shows and stand-up is such a solo endeavor. So I was, at, I would genuinely laugh when we throw to you and you were just so shameless. You would do whatever we said. Yeah. Which had was to. great. You had to, but like... You, you started picking up on that and would really... <laughs> oh, yeah. You commit to it. So I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. It's fun to be in front of a live audience, you know, and yep. they clap like they care who you are when you come out. And I yep. got to keep the clothes, but... Um, shooting in Atlanta, did you like that? And staying cool. at the you hotel, know, when, yeah. When you're actually shooting in Atlanta, you're, you're bust in and out. Like, you come to work, you go, like, we... Like, I think we did a couple spots while we were there, but yeah. for the most part, like, it's not like you have days to yourself, right. you know? Because we were there just to shoot that show yeah. and it was an ordered set. It wasn't like a TV show where you... Was, I was in every... I mean, I was the host. Uh, yeah. And um, like three, four episodes a day. I mean, that was crazy. The producers were nice and I had I had hosted pilots before. I would hosted Excuse. So Okay, so you had like... You were comfortable in that just arena of... Uncomfortable in the discomfort of standing in heels and doing yeah. stuff. But it was fun to work with you and to have like that energy of a live audience. It wasn't like in a vacuum. Did you like the banter with the contestants? Like... Yeah, you know what I actually tough? did like? I never think about the show, to be honest. Yeah. Um, well, that's why I wanted to bring it up, because well, I know you don't. What I did like was that, you know, because people love to be like, it's a dating show. I'm like, nope, they're already couples. Some of them are actually related. <laughs> I know people love to think that, like, as a woman, like, dating is all I know. But it was, so that stigma was difficult to shake off. Um, and then you can't, you would say it's a relationship show, and we would do the press for it. Yeah. But relationship makes you think sex. You don't think, like, a relative. Right. The stories, for the most part, were all very compelling. It was 
we have our own business and we don't have the money to fix the floor for my dance floor. It was my husband is in the military and we need money for this. Like they, you wanted these people to win the money and it wasn't because like, I want a sports car. Like it was, <laughs> we have children and we want this. this yeah. was, they were real things. They, yes. It was a slice of Americana. Like it was showing like these are real Americans yeah. and these are reasons. And I get goosebumps thinking about it because that too. reality TV in a good way, like that's its good core yeah. is seeing people get it, get a chance at something better. And they still won something even if they totally. lost. And I think that's a nicer way to end the show versus you lost and ate shit on national TV because right. you don't know trivia about ostriches. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, nobody should get rewarded if you don't know anything about an ostrich. That's my family. That was my husband. <laughs> There is something too really great about seeing a couple and celebrating what they like, you know, not just casting couples that like really don't know anything about each other and you're watching yeah. them just kind of crumble on TV. We had you know, fun. like they all knew enough answers about the yeah. other person or what they would like. Because and, it wasn't a dating show. Because right. these people had a relationship. Yeah. Um, would you host another one? No. No. Another show? No. But not another game show. Right. But another. You know what? I, I'm not going to say no because if someone's like, here's. Would you host SNL? Yes, I would host Saturday Night Live. Uh, the answer is, it's never no to anything. It depends on the circumstances. Quite frankly, the money, the timing, what's it about? How much control do you have? Right. I didn't produce that show. So while those guys were lovely, I was just a gun for hire. What about a sketch show? Remember you used to do so many characters on YouTube videos too when I first met you. And I was like, all right, I'm going to look at this goes YouTube. Comedy time? Woof. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Does that and also when doing so many act outs on stage, it's like you know that is in you to do that. I my first love is sketch comedy. Yeah. And I used to write sketches when I was a kid and film with my friends. Then I did a sketch troupe in college and called what? That's my favorite part of sketch groups in college. Jimmy's Traveling All Stars and it was established long before I got there. It wasn't called Aaron Arendoza? No Andy Arizona. I have to Fuck. stop saying I don't Andy know. Andy Arizona? I have his number. <laughs> he's not he's he's can we hear, hear? No, he'll he'll just be like, "What is the meaning of this?" Like oh, he was like really? dry sense, but he's very funny. Okay. Um, 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 um. The sketch group. What was it called? It's called Jimmy's Traveling All Stars, and I'm not gonna say where the name came from on air because even though I didn't name it, it will come back like female comic shames. Jesus. This, like I don't yeah. even. So I'll tell you off air where okay. the name came from. Uh, but in truth, and Eliza, the um, uh, short ordered late night show I had last year. I put in sketches yeah. because I think sometimes you can make a point more digestible and funnier with a sketch. So I made sure to put those in and in the future late night endeavors that I am working very hard on, Good. that will be part of it. You should. And that is a world that you should be living in. Talk about, talk about at bats. Yeah. I think I've made four late night pilots. Wow. Five. But you know what? Pe gonna. That means people want to do it. It's just about like that perfect fit. It's a tough thing. And I also think, you know, people always ask in interviews, like, do you want to do acting? And I'm like, you have no idea how much acting I try to do. And I'm sure you get that too. I love like, that they ask that you, do you want to do it? You're like, yeah, you know what? Actually, now I do. I'll give it a whack. It's going to happen now just because uh, you brought it up and I agreed to it. Yeah, um, exactly. I think people, but you know what? It's not for them to know. It's not for them. Just like it's not my job to know how difficult being a doctor is, a lawyer, yeah. if you work, sell cars, like every job has its difficulties, its ups, its downs. And it's not anybody's responsibility to fully know the gauntlet that is this career because they're here for the product, which is, you know, whatever you do to make them laugh. So, you know, the book that I wrote, that took a while to get. You know, if you don't have that big boom moment, it's hard to get people on board. So this career has been about slowly 
like clawing my way to something and it gets easier with every round but people forget to that last comic thing happened quick and you just like took it and fucking ran with it i will say this it's, it's definitely something i never uh bring up at this point it's 10 years ago but i will say a lot of the people that did that show um were already established comics in yeah. some cases much older than me yes and you do have a choice it was a very sink or swim because there, there was no like i won but it's not last celebrity standing like i won and it's like okay you get a holding deal, which is not a development deal. That means they give you X amount of dollars. For those of you that don't know, Adam, I know you know. They give you X amount of dollars to not do anything else. But I was not given guidance. I was not given anything other than a head start at doing stand-up. So, but then you had to deliver and put in all the work. Yeah, and that's why this profession is great. There's no replacement for the work. There's no replacement, truly. And I get a lot of comics. They're like, What's, do you have any secrets? Do you have any tips? Can I take you to coffee? Do you have advice? It's like this... It re you have to do the work. You have to get those reps in. Um, and even trying to get specific with like, hang out and, and do that, like that should just be assumed or like, no, but it's like, there's no, like, you know, on no two, like try to befriend some older comics and get advice or like, I mean, there's just. Well, I will tell you this. Because like, some people I, aren't as comfortable socially to, to do that. And you're just like. I've never hung out. And maybe that's not a great thing. Like maybe I don't have as many famous friends, but like I want to be on comedians and cars getting coffee. And I think I should. And somebody the other day goes. <laughs> you fucking should be. I should be. Yeah. Hey, like, Jerry. There are women uh, that are doing comedy at a much higher level. We'll go with like your Amy Schumer's or your like Tiffany Haddish's, like people who like got shot out of a cannon and this is not taking away anything. So they've got that. And then there's like me and maybe like Ali Wong and like three or four other women at this level where it's like not a household name, but pretty big. I think Allie's probably bigger than me. But then below it, there's a billion comics. And we're sort of floating in this like, not huge, but definitely not small time kind of space. Yeah. Um, I actually had a really long conversation with Angela Johnson, who is just one, one of those comics, like she knows her audience. Yeah. She works really hard. And it was interesting because I had never really gotten a chance to sit down with another woman who fully understands my life because she operates at the same sort of level I do. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. Uh, and we talked about things that bother us. You know, it was, I think a lot of guys have that with buddies, but I'd never, it was so, it was just such a relief to meet another girl who gets it on the same way. Wow. I have friends who do comedy who I love, but they don't understand. No. Touring. It's just not at the same level. I'm not saying they're Because they want to be there or they're. Um, yeah, and it was, it was really nice. But that's I, awesome. That you, it was cathartic. Yeah, it was. And, and I think I text her too much sometimes, but uh, I'm always jealous of the way she tours because she tours. She like wears real outfits and I'm like a ball of laundry. <laughs> I'm like, how are you put together? Um, that is incredible. And I don't want to skip over that because like, again, people just assume that like, oh, you got your friends and your people. And it's like, yeah, but like you can't you can't talk about everything with every person in your life that is close to you and, no. and your good girlfriends you can talk to them about stuff but guess what they're not going to get really what you're talking about if it is about what we're talking about they can sympathize and they can't empathize like my wow. best friend has watched the journey and like she knows what it feels like to be left out or not heard or frustrations but like she doesn't know the specifics yes um for comedians and cars getting coffee which i would love to be on just to your the thing we were talking about about how you don't always know everyone or like, comics they get they come up and they bring their friends along with yeah. them you know which i try to do yeah you have well thank you for like the littlest things but somebody said to me the other day they were like well why don't you <laughs> why don't you move to new york for a couple weeks and do stand up there 
And I what? had I almost threw the phone. I go, let me get this straight. Move, uproot my life, spend thousands of dollars to go to a city where I sh I normally get paid to go there. Um, to hopefully be granted the chance to work out at the cellar because that's their own thing. It's like the store, like your pastor, yeah. like they decide um, on the off chance that I do it on a night where Jerry Seinfeld happens to want to watch the girl before or after him sees it, then decide like it's such a long process. Wow. And I was like, and they were like, well, just for, you know, New York perspective, I go, my act is not what needs work, it's my fame. It's that he doesn't know who I am. <laughs> he probably does. Or just, uh, there's also that horrifying conclusion no. that he doesn't, doesn't care. I also think he's just not spending as much time thinking about it as you might want him to. Well, there's producers, We, you know, you reach out, you try. Also, you're in with Netflix. Isn't there some sort of a... I don't think so. It jump across tend, the street and Doesn't yell. tend to cross over a lot. But, you know, it's something I really want to do and I... Is that a buck? Like, I was going to ask too what your goals are for someone who, again, has achieved so much in uh in in a decade like. i will tell you this i'll say i'm gonna say two things about that one i'd always rather know i'd know like look they, so -so, they like you they don't like you that much i part of this business is that armor and being rejected Fuck yeah and i get rejected it takes time to develop that yeah it really does the amount of calls i used to make to my manager and the amount of despair versus now you know you wake up first thing you read is you're an unfunny piece of shit you're like okay good morning <laughs> things like that thanks dad good yeah. night everybody <laughs> i love those and it rolls you know like but every once in a while one gets under the armor someone will say the right thing at the wrong time i'm oh, sorry the wrong thing at the wrong time yeah. and it just gets you um because you're a person there are shows i've wanted to be on and they're like well if you're not friends with the creator and i'm like you're telling me after six seasons he's best friends with everyone that's been on it i don't think so yeah they're there is a chance you don't like my comedy or me. Right. There's also a chance you have no idea. I just want to know what it is. For anyone, And that's for fair. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of times you can't even get that feedback or response. You never... And no. you just want to know. And that's the, like, the people pleaser in us and the also... You're like, I've done my part. I've developed the armor to be able to take what you're going to tell me. So at least give you it tell to me. me. And be respectful as a... I emailed my agent because like, I read for this part and I was like, by the way... Because it said it was for a big TV show and it was like, mom hippie California tw 20s and I was like oh, you'd crush okay that. no but like there are women that play that hippie are mom? that archetype but like 20s like I'm getting like a hot California like and it's like the 80s right I there are women that crush that just by the way that they look yeah and I so I did my audition the best of my ability and I wrote to my agent I said if I'm too old or not pretty enough for this role please just tell me I'd rather know that like it's something I can't control versus we loved her. Just can't. Like, I would just love a concrete reason. Yeah. Just give me something. Because that does fuck with your head after a minute. Like, like, to not... Yeah. Or the feedback's never like, your acting needs work, which is so something, but it's it's never that. It's... Right. You're not the right color. Yeah. You're not the right sex. And guess what? That's the, the out of your control uh, reasons are a lot of the reasons. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately. Or the reasons that they tell you that, you know, because people are spineless and don't want to hurt your feelings. <laughs> But I'm like, tell me, tell me I suck. Wait, Let me know. So comedians and cars is something you want to do. What else is there? Like right now, if you're looking in, in uh, if you have a vision board. I would love to. Like, I'm right. Oh, sure. Whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and by the way, that's a show that's new that comics are on. And I'm right. like, I should be on that. Yeah. Because um, you still, even at where you're at, you still, the, the validating mini victories, the little yeah, things. There's mini victories. Right? So I can say it's not a big deal. So I can do it and be like, oh, it's fine. Um, yeah. I would, I'd love my own late night show and I will tell you off air the steps that we're taking to get that. Yes. Yes. Um, 
I've written, you know, this, these are all, I, what, what sucks about Hollywood is I always think everyone's lying. When it's like, oh, I wrote a script. I'm like, sure you did. I'm sure it sucks. It's probably 50 pages long, you know? So I never talk about things unless they're done. But I have producers lined up for three scripts that I wrote. Yes. Um, and so it's, and some of these scripts I've had for years and I finally found the right partner on the right day. It was the right general. That's the project they wanted. So, you know, when people say, I couldn't get any work, so I wrote something for myself. It's a very real thing. Really? Yeah. I wrote these scripts for myself. Some of them, one of them I wrote for other women. I don't have a part in it. I wrote it because it was a story that we wanted to tell. Um, and so I always say it's to do projects bigger and better on my own terms. I'd also really like to um, panel on a late night show and not just do stand up. Yeah. I always feel like you're the entertainment, not a guest at the dinner party. Yeah, you'd be so good. I get it. Here's the thing about paneling. Um, people are probably listening now like, look at your champagne problem. You know, no. But, no. but guess what? Like These are my things. Yeah, and we've talked about other we've uh, problems in life, but like yeah. the, this is a comedy this is, podcast. As a so comic. We're not, yeah. Yeah, so Everybody has their shit. And guess what? And w yeah. if it means something to you and it matters then look, Blanche has well, Blanche has no problems, but She's cooling her belly on your leather couch. Oh my god. Adam has a leather couch with studs in it. By the way, it's new. It's a new acquisition, so I'm still trying to feel out how it fits in my life. It's very manly. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. Um My mom had picked out the previous couch. I she came down and, and asserted her Jew. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Moms are good for that. She great. My, my mom planned my whole my, wedding. Well, did she really? Because I was like, I can't do this. I don't have any taste. Did you have any say yes to the dress moments? Yeah, I actually did. People think, I mean, those are produced, but it is a very real thing. Fuck. I, to but, where you're just like, did you have a moment where you're just like, fuck it, we're eloping, we're going to Switzerland tonight. Um, No, because I wanted like a fun party. Yeah. I put on my dress and I said, oh my God, I look like a Jewish Kennedy. And I was done. I was like, and, and then the lady goes, the dress is called the Kennedy. And I was like, ring it up. I'll pay half now. Wait, uh, so what? The, the drama, was it, um, was it, can you laugh about it now? Or in the moment, are the stakes? So I have a good friend from college about to get married. And she just was telling me, she's like, I'm so stressed. Like too many cooks in the kitchen and things. And I'm like, God, how do you minimize that as a woman? Okay, here's my answer. Yeah. Have you ever gone to a funeral? Uh, yeah. It's like that, but there's a happy ending. Like, it's that difficult. <laughs> oh, my God. No, it's, um, <laughs> it is stressful, and you're conflicted. For the woman. The dude is... My husband went morning of our wedding with his buddies, had Chinese food and a beer. I was primal screaming, <laughs> crying in a hotel somewhere because I thought my hair was parted weird and I looked like Hitler. Like, <laughs> it's way different. I will tell you this. Oh, my God. I, uh... I was touring for, you know, we were engaged for about a year. Yeah. You know, you're working and stuff. And I was uh, on tour in Europe um, a, a week before our wedding. Yeah. So a That's lot crazy, by the way. Yeah, but... Did you need that for the sanity of just not thinking about your wedding constantly and just... I was looking forward to it so much. And also, my mother had been instrumental in planning it anyway. And I was like, great. I hadn't really participated woman to be. And... The day of. Wait, you weren't as caught up. In the planning and the details. I was yeah. like, is it gray? But gray. Like, I just, I knew an idea of what I wanted. But my mom is a mom. She's been married twice. She's a, a classy woman. Like, she knows yeah. dimensions of tables and seating. Like, they know it. Right. And I, I hadn't really, I was like, this is fine. I don't care that it's a day about me. You know what else is a day about me? A Netflix special. 
a taping. Yeah. Like you get your hair done, makeup done. Like these are things I'm used to. Yeah. I got there. I had my like wedding suite. I'm getting ready. I have a thing with my hair. I never think my hair looks good. I don't have a lot of it and it never looks full and I always think it looks shitty and it looks whatever. And I started to get like it started to get a hold of me. I started to get upset and I was convinced I looked ugly. Uh, and I was I was everything basically from the entire year hit me on that day and my and and I was so upset and I was it was like an outer body experience and I was watching myself lose control like I couldn't I didn't know who I was I was just like where is all this stress coming from and I started crying Whoa. and I'm the kind of person who if I cry like you can see it on my face the rest of the day and Jody Miller maybe it was Jody our friend Andriana who you know both of them yeah they go they came into the room like my bridesmaids I was like get in here and they all come around me I hadn't asked for anything like I'm not you know, and I, I was so cognizant of Bridezilla. Like, I had nothing to do with my wedding. And I was so upset. And they were like, honestly, we're really glad, glad you're crying because you've been eerily calm about this wedding for so long. Oh, shit. They needed to see some emotion. And it had to come out. And my stepmom, who's the sweetest woman ever, goes, you know, I was an actress. And I think you're used to being in control of everything. And you're kind of not right now. And maybe you're... Do you want to try screaming? <laughs> and I was like, thank you, Barbara. And then I was like, ah! And I just like let it out and everyone just kind of like hair blown back. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. let's get you to the altar. <laughs> and it helped? It helped, but it was also, I I had this image. Wow. All these, every girl has the image of what they're going to look like that day. And I had decided I've been doing a lot of upper body workout. We can't help the lower body. That's why it's a big <laughs> dress. Upper body. It's going to be pointy. It's going to be muscular. I got a tan. I'm going to walk down like Grace Kelly alone. I don't need my parents. <laughs> the curtain opened. My parents were with me. Yeah. The second it opened, I lost my shit crying. Aww. Every picture of me at my wedding is me like, <laughs> ugly. I, I, it is ugly crying to the max. Every picture is my mom dabbing my face. My dad was whispering sad things in my ear. What? Because he loves, he was like, you know, we love you so much. And I was like, I know you're messing with me. <laughs> I had to be like pulled down the aisle and then taken by my husband because I was just so overcome with how weird it is. That's great though. It's great. Everything worked out. Um, what do you, and we'll, uh, we'll wrap this up in a few minutes. No, it's fine. Um, what do you, uh, do people pressure you with like marriage questions now? How quickly do family and comedy people and any like about kids and I guess just whatever the marriage um, think like. They ask if it's different. Yeah. And, you know, of course it is. I think, did we talk about this what, on the last recording or not? I'll just say no. it. You can cut it out. You just, your frame of reference yeah. Yeah. for everything shifts. You know, so you spend your whole life looking for someone, trying to find them, dating, going out, like all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, that's done. So your context for everything, it's not my fiance now, it's my husband. There's no more dudes. There's no more first kids. Like all that stuff. And it's not a bad thing. It's an end of a chapter. Yeah. Which it takes some adjusting. Um, yeah, some people freak out and they're just like, the, the, you only get one pair of boobs and dick for the rest of your life. It's like, okay. Like, Moreover, it's like, uh, that's, there's more to life than like, fuck it, it's made a chip It really is just more of an adjustment of like knowing, like I've actually, uh, I drink a lot. Not that I drank a ton before, but like now I, was, I, I drink less because i'm like well we all know what's gonna happen i'm gonna go home we all know who i'm fucking not you i'm gonna watch the office and <laughs> yeah, go to sleep now yeah. but it's um so it's 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 cool and 
it's do you have its own more journey. marriage hangouts are you hanging out with more married people because of it I mean, I get like it's weird because this is spring is a time people get married, and also I'm at that time in my life where my friends are starting to get married, yeah. which is cool. But you know, you still have your single friends or whatever. I think the question everybody asks now, excuse me, is, are you going to spit out that loogie? Is uh, <laughs> you know, are you going to have kids? It's a new show? Will she spit it out? Let's find out, folks. <laughs> is um, Adam Adam's in a room where he's <laughs> fake not being able to hear anyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the kids question and. As a woman, I think it's just like, ugh, why does everyone ask that? But the truth is, it's a very normal question yeah. to ask. I and I think you it's you can take it as a flattering compliment when people get excited if they like the couple that has found each other. They're like, you're gonna make a one of whatever you guys are. Oh, see, I see it as just like male comics and green rooms being like, ugh, are you gonna have kids? Oh, see, I I see it, but I have an actual, you know, I like you kids. love kids, yeah. Um, I also a big frame of reference for me for marriage and the way men feel about women has been watching male comics for the last decade just rip apart their relationships and shit on their wives on stage. Funny or not, it seeps into your subconscious. And so you start thinking, oh, wow, men hate their wives. Oh, they hate their pregnant wives. Oh, they're so unhappy. And so that has left this indelible mark where I'm like, if I get pregnant, like, is he going to hate me? And obviously the answer is no, because it's him. Yes. There are some men where I'd be like, I would not have a baby. I would not yeah. get fat around that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you want to marry someone that is like super pumped about you. Right. But. How early? It, I guess it's even in a dating before you get married conversation, right? Like you have to breach that subject or no? So you have funny. a drunk night. We'd have hot kids, right? Or whatever it is. I talk about this in the stand up. Oh, good. In the special. And if you lobbed it to me on purpose, then I'm sorry that I. I didn't. I would love you to do most of your bits on this podcast. Have you ever noticed men and women are different? <laughs> um. But the idea, like, it, it's such a weird thing because as you get into your uh, late 20s, early 30s, yeah. your biological clock is something that's on your mind. Women are having children later, but it is something. Like, when you're 22, you're like, I just want to make jewelry out of cat noses. Like, I don't care. <laughs> but then you get older and you start thinking, like, and the, the herd is thinning out. Like, yeah. you guys are getting taken and you only have so many eggs or whatever. And so you go on a date with a guy. Uh, and he casually, first day, I'm like, so, you know, like, do you want kids? To him, it's a casual question, but the answer is very serious. Because if you're like, yes, depending on the guy, like he might be like, oh, I'm out of here. You're pressuring me. Like the society labels women crazy very quickly. So the whole thing in my standup, I'm like, and I might have done this in the standup, but it's like, just because a girl says she wants kids doesn't necessarily mean it's with you. Like it's a first date. <laughs> Don't give yourself so much credit. Like order appetizers oh, first. Dude, and guys cannot put the pieces together quick enough to to realize that. Yeah. They just hear, I'd like them. Yeah, I me want a too. Baby now. It's we pressure. would have hot ones. I never said with you. Never said with you. Wow. I dated a guy a long time ago who, you know, we'd go on a couple of dates and he was like, I just want to let you know he was like going to do a huge project in like four months. And he was like, and I think this is in my book too. He was like, I just want to let you know, like, I said to him, I go, I want exclusivity if I'm sleeping with someone. I've never been the type not putting it down, not exalting it to just like sleep with a bunch of dudes. Yeah. And I was like, you know, just from a safety point. And he sure. goes, I really like you. Um, I commit to that. I just, I don't know where I'm going to be in a couple months because I'm going to get really busy. It might not be fair to you. You can be on this boat where it's like a, it's a fuck boat it's basically. It's a fuck boat. <laughs> he was like giving himself this out and Ugh. it stuck with, so I was like, okay, well, I like you. We'll see. Like you see yeah. me. So it stuck with me and it, I talked myself out of the relationship but three months in. I was just like, I'm about to, I said to him, I was like, I'm about to, I'm not into you. He, he annoyed me enough. I was like, I'm not into you. And I'm about to get really busy. Whoa. I, I, I know that's vindictive. 
but it was such a hurtful way to start. Yes. So, so, so going back to the kids question, you know, it's like, I think I'd make a good mom. I saw the joy. A big part of it is that my mom had from having kids. Yeah. So I think I'd be good at it, but I, it's one of those things where like, I'm not ready to deal with the logistics that go into it quite sure. yet. Yeah. So I would love to see your material from it. A lot of people already, say that. Yeah. Women are like, I can't wait to have a kid so you can talk about it. I'm like, I already know that you shit yourself. <laughs> I already know that that's a thing. I would like to be pregnant in the winter months so I'm not sweating. <laughs> but I also don't know. Like, then there's like, sometimes I look at people, it's such a selfless thing to yeah. have a child. But then to like be in LA, it's hot. It's already yeah. basically a third world country here. Yeah. Like, it is a nightmare living here. And, Where you know, would you live if you could? Do you, like, you know, Chappelle's got the farm in Ohio. Would you ever try to pull that off? I, I don't As a comic, I'm pr happy almost anywhere. I can't go Canada because I'm not a turncoat. Right. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, there's places that are great to raise You've kids. There's been almost cool everywhere, that, yeah? Yeah. It's Have like, you been to every state in this country? No. I've uh, never been to Maine. Never been to Wyoming. Oof, go to Wyoming. I would love to. It looks beautiful. Yeah. Okay, I pick Wyoming. I'd live in Wyoming. <laughs> I think the uh, mayor of Cheyenne is a, a coyote. I think John Mayer has like a place in Jackson Hole or something. He does. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. To close up, I want to know uh, what you love about performing, what you love about what comedy's done for your life, and what you love about your husband. Oh. Okay. Are those in order of priority? No. Okay. Just, just the three. What I love about performing. Yes. I love... I mean, I guess I love performing itself. I love the energy that's shared between me and that audience because it sounds so cosmic, but like we are one. Like you can feel, you can ride that wave. You can feel that flow. I love. I truly feel like there's no other feeling comparable to that. It's right? why everybody wants to be funny. It's why rock stars want to do comedy. It's why every couple of years we got to endure like a new famous person at the comedy store who like thinks they got yeah. it. Like I saw Celine Dion in Vegas and guess what? In between and that's the way it is and my heart will go on. She did 10 minutes of improvised stand up. Was it amazing? No. <laughs> I'm the greatest comedian in the world. She, I mean, God bless her. But again, she's done billions of shows and she loves to talk. Yeah. And she was like charming. Charming. But like she did a, she had mustard puns or condiment puns where she was like, look at my dress. It's so yellow. It's so yellow, 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 yellow. And I'm sitting there high like, no she's one's questioning the Latina? color. <laughs> uh, that's, I'm bad at accents. But so she's like, it's so yellow. And then she just turns and goes, I'm like Celine Dijon. Oh, and wow. And half the crowd laughed. And guess what? I did too. Because I was like, did not see that coming, but also back to the tunes. Also, you wore that yellow dress just for that joke. Yes. <laughs> Anywho. But you're right. Like, everybody wants, wants that it. feeling. I mean, men, like a, a woman laughing, sense of humor is so important to us. So for men, it's this like commodity. It's an important trait to have. Yeah. Um, the ability to know, it's a magical power, like to know what's going to get someone on your side, yeah. you know? So what I, what I love about performing is it really has to come down to validation. Um, I think if you really strip it away, yes, you'd like to, to say like, I love bringing joy to people, but it is selfish. In my sharing of my pain and communication, you are validating what I think is true. So that is a very powerful feeling. I think if we strip comedy down to its essence. Yeah. Of course you're making people feel good, but you're feeling good because you are understanding what I'm saying and recognizing it as true or so insane that there's no way you could understand it and aren't I silly. Um, so there's that. And that's why kids use it as a defense mechanism. If you're already laughing yourself, no one can. Yeah. So I think 
the validation i mean and it's also something that's built into your core as a kid you get that laugh and you're like this is just what i do yeah it's just it's just you just do it leopards yeah. got spots comics got jokes what was your next question? Was that Tommy towards the end there? Well, I don't have spots, okay? <laughs> and those aren't Jaguar. <laughs> or belly room comics. Okay, and they don't get past here. <laughs> um, that was why you love performing. Why do you, what is um, uh, comedy just in general? Like this business for your life? What? So when you started from how many years? I think it's 12. Okay. What do you love about um, this business? Nothing. Great. What I love what about you- this business is the moment I get on stage and then the moment I'm done with my last meet and greet. Everything else is painful, red tape, bureaucratic negotiations. Let me ask this. What do you love about your fans? Oh, my God. What and, I- and has there been a moment where a fan has truly made you cry and you're like, holy shit, I didn't truly understand yes. the impact of what I was doing? What I love about my fans is that they are pure. And it's men and women. And comedy brings people together. My audience is very diverse. Yes, you have a lot of blonde girls that look like me. But people that aren't like me, don't have the same background as me, cultural, religion, whatever, come together under these universal observations. So that's obviously validating for me. But they love so purely. They, I let them into my heart and my life. And if it's a video, like my home. And they reciprocate with, forget the gifts, which... To me, it's you're taking time, you're taking money and time to make me a gift and you're already paying for a ticket, which means like your love for what I did, you took my art and made it into your own art. Like it inspired you to make something fun and you're giving it back to me, mm. hoping that I'll tell you how great it is. Yeah. Like you're, it's just, or even not, it's just an outpouring. You ever walk up to a celebrity, you're like, I don't want to bother you. I just got to let you know I love you so much. I got like, you don't yeah. even want anything back. Yeah. And... They cr- sometimes they cry when they meet me because as a comic and I'm you know like I cried when I met Billy Crystal. You met Billy Crystal? Yeah, very, I I broke in to a backstage with our mutual not to be named friend. Uh, I just it was like a town hall during like New York Comedy Festival and I was like Good I bet if we go this move. way. And he was just there and I I just you see this person and I've seen girls do this with me. You see them and you just want to let them know they have no idea how much like he has no idea how Mr. Saturday Night Live has brought my father and I together has shaped my family as I've grown up it's become my life like he has no idea and it doesn't need to like it just comes out and you're crying and I see that in the fans like they just it's a they just let it all out yeah it's weird to describe but uh I was I was playing a, a, a room the other night and this girl had brought her small dog and I didn't bring Blanche and Hunter, it's his room, was like, hey, can this girl come backstage? And he had told her she could, and she didn't know that I was there. I think she was just coming backstage because she wanted to feel, like, included. And yeah. Cool. She comes backstage holding her dog, and I said, and I looked at her, I go, hi. And she just started crying, and what came out of her mouth was, he's not doing well, and the doctor says he has an enlarged heart. And, he like, she just unloaded, and it was fine, but, like, she looked at me like someone, like, you love your dog, too, and just oh, as much as yeah. I love mine, you'll understand. So we let her sit there the whole time, but they're just so pure. Yep. Men and women. And I just, I think it's that. And you and that validation and you go on Instagram and the jokes that they hold on to or the references, it lets you know, I'll just say me because I can't speak for everyone. It lets me know that in a business where at times fine, we, you, I feel largely ignored and you go unvalidated. 
it lets you know that like somebody is seeing you yeah. and it's not all done in a vacuum. That's awesome. I have a house because of them. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, that's why I don't want to skip over that because I feel like it's, we're always so go, go, go what's next and head yeah. uh, in front of us. And it's like, I want to get to that point. Like, and I, you know, on yeah. a certain level. Yeah. But like to where you're truly, and that's why I love doing this business and why I love doing it is because the impact that you do get to see, you know, yeah. I've had people email me about the podcast and being in, in cancer in a hospital for two years and Absolutely. how they just, and that shit just like, I lose it from that. But even just a few of those makes me go, oh yeah, I'm not going to ever stop. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And like, yes, you're doing it for you. You love to entertain. Yes. Like it's, but the byproduct, the fact that the byproduct is that and not like selling warheads, yes. like the byproduct is and not like a village being crumbled that people feel so good and then you feel this obligation you know you yeah. want to i answer my fans on instagram which of course is an ego trip because it's like oh cool like they're yeah. writing to me but I, I don't know it's it's also pure between us what i share with them whether it's gibberish names for blanche calling her christmas mouth whatever yeah. the insanity in my mind the fact that they say we see your insanity and we raise you a gift commemorating that insanity <laughs> You are my queen. You're just like, oh, this is amazing. Does it make you, did you put pressure on you to come up with more like catchphrases and, and hashtags and things? Or you just go, it no. gives you a sense of ease of like, okay, cool. They're on board with anything I'm going to do. Uh, it's validating. To a point. I actually, it's, it's almost the opposite. I never want to, the worst is when like someone does like one thing once and they're like, I'm the, I'm the Christmas mouth guy. <laughs> so it's tough because I want to take each thing and like make its own world out of yeah. it. But sometimes things are just what they are online it's a hashtag it's a fun little language yeah. and it is what it is yeah except for party goblin party goblin which i got trademarked did you and come hell or high water will be a movie i was just going to say that <laughs> yeah mm. um well that's a great answer and finally what do you love about your husband i love smoky husky what i love about him uh he has an ease about him so I never feel uh, nervous. Mm -hmm. I never feel judged. This was in my vows. I never feel judged. I never feel stupid. Sometimes I wish he would make fun of me more. So I like that he makes things easy. And I like that he is funny and smart in a way that I'm not. And that's... You think that's important in a partner? It's very important to yeah. have someone that's like you, but not exactly like you. Otherwise, you'll hate them. And that's when you get divorced. And that's when you get my parents. <laughs> and my parents. So there you go. Yeah. But yeah, he's... Uh, much more centered than I am. And he's always, his answer is always like somewhere in the middle. I'll be like, I hate this. He's like, I'll be like, someone told this lie. And he's like, well, you know, somewhere between their lie and what you think is the truth. Whoa. He always like walks in the middle Whoa. and you're like, oh, it's so Xanax. It's not fair. <laughs> and he's like, I've, you know, spent Human a lot of Xanax. Yeah. And he's very accommodating because he's half Italian. So he's always like, can I get you anything? Great. Yeah. Again, need that. gain several pounds what, because of it, but it's fine. You're fine. I don't feel fine. <laughs> But he puts up with a lot of, I'm not, look, you can hear me talk. I'm a comic, whatever. I'm not a crazy girl. No. There are girls, whatever. But We're all a little crazy and we all need to be. Seal said that and he was right. There, <laughs> there is a role reversal in our relationship. Yes. But he's still like, like got, uh, he's still a dude that like smokes whole animals and stands up for himself and is not threatened. Right. Like he is all these manly characteristics that, people should value he lets me have the spotlight he lets me do whatever he's not threatened i've got friends like i was talking to an ex-boyfriend the other day and you know he was like yeah if that's your friend that's fine because wow. he trusts me because at this age like yeah, yeah he's trust like, or don't trust right he's like if you don't want to be with me i'm pretty sure you'll let me know and that's it wow. and I, I, there's just a, an 
a communication there and, and i think maybe it comes with age yeah you know yeah he's 72 <laughs> and yeah and yeah. very wealthy yeah <laughs> how much um do you enjoy uh performing overseas versus in because you did a run in london at the soho house no oh. um i we can take that part out I, it was the yeah. soho theater a couple of years ago and then recently in the spring i did a uk europe tour so it was um all through the uk so it was london south bank center which was amazing and then birmingham and um manchester yes and i and dublin um and then and, and I get it no Scotland which I had nothing to do with so please don't send me angry letters uh, and then it was Belgium and it was like Antwerp Stockholm Malmö which is like across the bridge from Copenhagen um, and Oslo and it was so humbling heartwarming gratifying to go to these countries that you've never been to and you have fans there yeah like I get goosebumps thinking about it and to have people with Thick accents ask you, like, oh, how's Blanche? You're like, how do you know my dog's name? <laughs> like, oh, that's right, social media. Yeah. I had two girls when I was in Malmö. That's how you pronounce it. Uh, reach out, and they were like, we don't want to be weird, but... And I had a free night, and they were like, do you want to come out with us? We're going to go to, like, a pool hall and hang out. And they were just two 20-something girls, adorable, obviously blonde. Yeah. And I said, okay. And I went to the hotel, front desk, and I said, I'm going to... Um, it was called Interpool, which I thought was very cute because yeah. it was a pool hall. Uh, I was like, I'm going to Interpool. If I don't return, that's where I was murdered. And I get there, <laughs> and it's just these two adorable blonde girls, and they were just fans. And so we we played pool, and I, I fought the urge every time. And I, it turns out I'm really good at pool, and I didn't know that. That's and they amazing. were like, you're a shark. You're hustling us. I'm like, well, there's no stakes. But I fought the urge every time I made one to be like, USA! <laughs> Because, like, they're so low-key there, yeah. but, like, as an American, I'm like, I'm winning. Yeah. The table next to us was American, so they got it. And then we went for, we went to go eat. And we just hung out and we talked. And they were, like, in their early 20s. Yeah. And I just listened to them and their lives. And it, we spent a couple hours together. And at the end of the night, one of, they pulled, one of them pulled my book out of her bag. And she was like, I didn't want to be weird. Would you sign my book? Like, she'd held on to it all night. She'd brought it there. Oh, my God. And didn't want to, like, now that we're friends, like, she didn't want to. And it was just so sweet. Yeah. So I, I gave them, like, they already had tickets, obviously, but I gave them, we, like, VIP, and I met them afterward the next night. But it was, like, a nice moment, and I don't think, I don't take a lot of those just for safety reasons. People was like, oh, come out for a drink after, and I'm usually so tired, but I had that free night, and I got to, like, connect with these, like, two Swedish girls and hear about their boyfriends and their lives and their jobs, and it was just really cool. It, it, it was simple, but uh, having a moment like that... Um, and, you know, choosing that over just sitting in your room. Yeah. You know, um, so it was great. Which is the easy choice a lot of the times. It's the easy choice. Right. I make it a lot. You know, you say you're doing work and then you just watch like Swedish TV. <laughs> but it was really cool. And the shows, it's not even a brag, but like they were sold out. And some venues were huge. Because of your first little run. Yeah. A residency at a spot. In- and I just got asked back to do other places in the UK. Wow. It's just so. That's crazy to me. It's crazy, and it's also so validating as a performer to know that like your comedy crosses barriers. Like, turns out women feel frustrated everywhere. Yeah. But it, you know, obviously there's men there too. But it was just really cool, and the gifts, mate. I don't know what it is. Like the Germans came out hardcore. Every city there were German tourists with like just buckets of gifts. Dang. And they were just. It was the best. 
Amsterdam was on fire. Like they were just, uh, I also went there. Like it was, it was just cool. So I love performing as long as the people are good. I don't care where it is. So you don't, and and your material obviously. Sorry, is I like, went on like so long with that. No, that was great. Your material is, you know, I mean, can cross the seas and not. Cross the seas. <laughs> I love that. My material can cross the seas. What about you? <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, uh. I, I, yeah, I've been, I've been in, I, I like to swim. Like, okay, date over. Um, date over. Are you so glad you don't have to date anymore? I, that's funny. No, you know what's honest, the honest truth. And you probably I, have friends, right, that are doing it still? Ew, no, all my friends are married. No, uh, yeah, sure. There is that, I talked about this in my book, there is that when you get into a relationship uh, and you see a friend struggling with dating, yeah. there is that moment, this is before you're married when you're dating where you like hold your boyfriend's hand tighter, you're like, oh my God, I'm so like, you almost feel holier than that. You're like, I'm so glad I have him. I don't have to, you know? And then you break up and you're back in gen pop. And you're like, I can't believe I have to start all over again. Yeah. I do think that there's something interesting, you know, as humans, grass is always greener. So I found, I find myself, um, fantasizing isn't the world word, but sort of, yeah, I guess fantasizing about how fun dating was. Right. We forget so quickly. And there were times where I loved being single. There are times that it sucks. There are times you love it. But then you get married and you realize like, no, no, there are no more first anythings. Like there are no more first kisses. There's no more electricity when you first meet a guy. You're not going out hunting. Like that chapter of your life is over and there's all these new things you get to do. But it's weird. Like you just, your your frame of reference for a lot of things for your whole life has shifted completely now. Yeah. So it's not so much glad as much as like you have to mourn the closing of a chapter and accept that new chapter and that's yeah. just what life is do you find yourself giving advice to i thought you were gonna say who- do you find yourself giving up i'm like yeah i don't <laughs> wear makeup it's fine oh my i've God. been not wearing makeup on stage no and the pictures look exactly as if i'm wearing makeup because i don't wear that much in the first place i'm a big advocate of less makeup yeah but less makeup is still make like less makeup or no makeup like what a kardashian wears which is what i think we think of like pancake faces dang and are they those look, are, they look what they look beautiful you know, and it's fun to do contouring. Like makeup is yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. But if you can get away with like a little bit of mascara, a little bit of blush, and no one's, you know, no one cares, fuck it, <laughs> fuck it. I, I walk on stage in like my sweats, and yeah. I make a joke like I'm married. That's why I'm dressed like this now. Also, right. I've gained like a little bit of weight. So like none of my oh my jeans God, fit. Shut up. No, it's true. This is not like I feel so gross. Like it's a legitimate fact. Right. I have all my jeans are too tight. But part of me is just like, yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, oh. try your best. Also, like, whatever. Also, also, trips are fun. Also, there's a lot of good food out there. Yeah. Also, you're fine. I think everybody that gets married goes through this. So, it's yeah. it's all good. I'm obviously with someone that I love. But there are those things where you see your friends going out and you're like, I just don't have that urge anymore. Yeah. That I hate to say, like, call the wild. But, like, it, it's like, on a Saturday, oh, my God, who am I going to talk to? Who am I going to meet? It's like, I know exactly who I'm fucking. And it's no one. Because <laughs> he and I are going home. We're going to watch The Office for five hours. Yeah, I know. That's such a good show to just And have then have on. a quesadilla. <laughs> or two. Is that what you call it? Um, yeah, what is your, like, go-to travel food? Or Bill, Bill Burr gave me a hard time for shifting to this question. He goes, is this it? Is this the end of the podcast? You just <laughs> want to know the every nitty gritty? Hey, Bill, you go apron or no apron when you cook. But I am actually curious. Like when you are, like when people travel and like, or if they get off the road for a while and they get home and they want like, is there one food you go to? Or does if silence count something? as a food? Does sleep count as a food? It does. I don't know. I was just uh, on the road for a couple days and I don't know. You know what? I, I will say this. It's not a go-to food. 
Um, but the only thing in my rider is blueberries because when I was doing the ketogenic diet, it was like one of the only sweet things I could have. I always try to find out what the largest immigrant population in that city is and then go eat their food. Gotcha. Like I was in Winnipeg and they have a lot of uh, Indian and Pakistani people. So I was like, what's a great Indian restaurant? No one gave me a wreck for a Pakistani restaurant. I do acknowledge those are two different cultures. <laughs> uh, so we ate Indian food. If I go to Vancouver, I go for Chinese food. If I go to Toronto, I go for Chinese food. If I go to Montreal, I go for Chinese food. Um, you love it. I just, no, it's just, they, they have a lot of Chinese people. Yeah. I just try to do the thing that that place is known for. Right. So that's what I do. Right. Because that's your chance. Um, I usually only eat one meal a day on the road anyway because I'm sleeping. You love to sleep. I love to sleep. Yeah, it is pretty. I watch American Great and I sleep till like 2 p.m. You have a nice rotation of shows I feel like that I could take a page from because I'm always looking. Like I'm just trying to branch out into actually taking on things like Botched, Finding Bigfoot. You know what I'm saying? Why would things you branch that out you to think. those things? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, also things that I net like, look, I'm never going to go hang out with those guys. Now I get to. Botched, I'm never going to go into that facility. I hope. No. Knock on wood. Knock on calves. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, also seeing people, it's fascinating to me that literally are just like, I'm tired of looking like a person. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I uh, I just saw Lord of the Rings. They look like they're having a good time. Like, um, it's bonkers to me. So yeah. I, I get sucked into that. Not for eight seasons of it, but, you know, a couple eps. I'm guilty of, I was in a hotel room months ago and... It was I had like two hours before the show. I wasn't tired, but I just had to kind of unwind. And some show came on on MTV called Florabama Shore, which is Yikes. like the Jersey Shore, but it's like that weird area between Florida and Alabama. And they're just like a bunch of like, I don't know, like hit kids. And they're in, I don't know if they're in Florida. I don't know where they are, but I watched a marathon. <laughs> I was into it. Yeah. I had my favorites. Like, I, I don't know. What's your question? <laughs> what? Uh, well, yeah, so that's your guilty your guilty pleasure something to hit the reset button from comedy for a minute if you just want to like oh no my my guilty pleasure and i don't believe in guilty pleasures because it's like i think it's a very um religious idea like oh it's guilt and then that's a bad thing to enjoy it's very catholic uh to enjoy that pleasure i will scroll through my phone for hours yeah and i'll do it as i know that it's it's stimulating like it's not a good thing for your eyes and brain i find myself doing it I can answer fan email. I can check, like just being on my phone and just scrolling through. I, it's, the discover button will give you cancer, but I kind of just scroll through and now I know a lot about nail art. Like it just, <laughs> it's garbage uh, and it actually leaves you more stressed out, but that is a guilty pleasure. Yeah. Are you checking your email? No, <laughs> I had to do the garbage. something. Um, um, guilty pleasure? I don't know. Yeah, I try but that, to. but that is your, when you get off the road, that is your like way to decompress. Oh, I yeah. thought you meant on the road. Off both of, but sorry. i'm curious like decompress is yeah put on a show like the office or 130 rock was free on netflix i watch that or find a good show but i just i'm i like like i bought this house and i like sitting in it i i keep it sparse and clean it's just about creating a quiet environment yeah. and enjoying the home that you paid for like enjoying yeah. the things you paid for as comics you know people are like let's go out you're like i can't go i'm not going out on a saturday i'll go out on a monday you know, it's about sort of living in the dark, yeah. living in the off hours. Do you have certain nights where you're like, I'm not doing a set tonight because this is like a go out night? Uh, not even go out. I don't typically do sets on Sundays. Right. A lot of people ask and I'm just like, why? I, ju I probably just got off a plane. Well, the, the Lord took, he did, he, he went rested. up. Yeah, but he went up on stage every night except for <laughs> that night. And yet still was not passed at the store. <laughs> yeah. uh, which is weird. Um, yeah. I don't really work on Mondays either. All right. 
And the comedy store has been so successful. It's been such a comedy boon lately that every night is an on night. So like, do you love that? I do love it, but sometimes you show up on a Tuesday and it's packed, and you're like, I'm just trying to work out. Yeah, I didn't expect you all to be here. And when people like you are going up, people and then people get pumped that you're there. Then they're like, do you feel an extra level of oh, fuck? Now I gotta, I gotta bring it harder. Uh, I'm, I more feel like, oh fuck, I gotta bring it harder because I know they're all here for Joe Rogan and Mark Maron. <laughs> I just don't want to let anyone down. Oh my god! Um, but yeah, it's it's fine. I don't, I don't. Is that your favorite room in the world? The OR. I think it's. The, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it is the best. Because you performed on probably thousands of sh- stages now. Yeah, you can't compare like a room in another city that you, you played. You know, a handful of times. Yeah. But I think the Comedy Store. I think for I'm assuming for you too, but it really has shaped the comic that I am. Obviously, yeah. I have nothing to compare it to because I've only led one life. But it is. I always liken the original room in the Comedy Store to like an abusive boyfriend you're like this hurts so much but i need you <laughs> and i keep coming back to you because i don't know who i am without you yeah. and it hurts so good um well you do know who you are and that's how we're wrapping this up <laughs> i'm eliza and i've got a netflix special called elder millennial it's fucking great it's Can your I best say one, one thing about thank yeah, you yeah it really is and thanks for letting me watch it because i truly wanted to not just for the sake of this podcast i i, I was so panicked getting you that link because yeah. i was like who's gonna answer my email on a sunday why i didn't have the link is the only the other person has is the person whose number you screamed out um the crazy and, person yeah uh that being said I, just, I don't think they have a computer that person definitely has many computers <laughs> in a minority report style it's called elder millennial yeah. and the subjects we talk about the special is offered as sort of a retrospect looking back at a life lived and what got me to this point the campaign is slightly different from the material the materials i'm an elder millennial and then we go into life and observations but it's interesting because the campaign's all about like early 2000s but this on the special i'm in like sailor pants on a warship so Take the creativity at face value, folks, and enjoy it. It's, uh, that's great. Was that thought out? I just made it up just now. That was great. Oh, what? Just summarizing your special. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Uh, thank you for doing this. Thank you for having You're me. You're amazing. This was fun. And um, go watch the special. Yeah, see you in five years. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll do a lot of other great shit that you'll be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bye, Blanche. subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast give them a five star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes also 
Get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.